Welcome to the C3SYD podcast. Our heart for you is that you would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. To find out more about our church, head to our website at c3syd.church. We hope that this message encourages you today. Now, people say the reason for the season is Jesus is true. And it gets a bit cliche, but the reason we're here, everybody, is because Jesus came 2,000 years ago to earth. So I want you to give a big, good shout for Jesus Christ. Give Him all the glory. Give Him all the praise. Give Him all the honour. That's why we're here. That's why we gather. That's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we hear the Word. Oh, Lord Jesus, we praise You. We praise You. We praise You. Come on, give Him a good birthday praise. Give Him a good happy birthday. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. What a great time to be gathered, everybody. It's Jesus' birthday. And uh, so we are in what a lot of contexts call Advent. And Advent is really a word that just means the arrival of God. And it is about our expectancy and our wonder at the arrival of Jesus, who came fully man, fully God, like Kaylee said, not 70, 30, not a little bit of each, 100% man, 100% God. It is a mystery and it is a miracle. It is only God that could do that. And the term Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. And Advent is this time of preparation. We've been in the season, but Christmas is here. And that means the arrival of our Lord Jesus is now. And He has come, but He, every time we come to Christmas, we prepare our hearts again and we make room again and we remember Jesus came. We remember the arrival of the King of Kings. So I wanna take us to the Gospel of Luke, Ryan, band, I love you. You may finish. Give it up for the band, everybody. Aren't they wonderful? Love you guys so much. So here we've got uh, Mary and Joseph. They brought Jesus to the temple to be consecrated, which is, uh, you know, the, the custom, the ritual for a Jewish male baby to be consecrated in the temple. And we read in Luke 2, 22 to 38, says, now there was a man, I've gone to 25, guys. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the constellation of Israel, which is talking about the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit was on him. This is pre-Jesus, the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is through the whole Bible, everybody. The Holy Spirit spoke to him, revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. His, his greatest goal in life had been fulfilled. And I gotta tell you, the greatest goal in life is not all the things you can accumulate. The greatest thing in life, the greatest achievement in life is to know Jesus Christ. And here's Simeon, 
good man, he says this, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss me, your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation wasn't a set of principles. Salvation looked like a baby, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Everyone say light, light. Imagine this moment Simeon is experiencing. He's been waiting on this moment of arrival of Jesus Christ who the Holy Spirit has told him that he should wait for. And here is Jesus in his arms. And isn't it good when you've been waiting for something and it arrives? Like, like I mean, this is of no context to what I'm talking about, but if you have ever waited for a package from online shopping, how good is it when it arrives? Now, this is not shopping, this is Jesus. And we get pumped when we arrive somewhere and we've been sitting in Sydney traffic, but this guy has received God. Imagine, Isaiah spoke of the coming of Jesus. We read about in Isaiah 9, 700 years before the arrival of Jesus. There were 300 prophecies about the coming Messiah. Everyone was talking about it. Here he is in his hands. And I wanna ask you this question. What are you full of? You know how some people say, you know, and this is like a negative thing, you know, when you say this, like, like we, we don't say this around here that much. Oh, we shouldn't, if we do, stop it. But, but sometimes people, you know, oh, this guy's so full of it, you know. Uh, they're, they're full of it. But I, I do wonder sometimes, what are you full of? What are we full of? What, what is in you? What, what are we filled with? And you know, a lot of people are filled with fear. There's a lot of fear in the world. And fear about things has really come to a point where it's fear on the inside that dominates a lot of people's thinking and heart space. You know the top 12 fears? Number one, speaking before a group of people, 40%. Heights, 30%. Insects and bugs, 20%. Financial problems, 20%. Deep water, how good is this? It's called bathophobia. <laughs> 20%, disease, 20%, death, 20%, flying, 20%, loneliness, 15%, dogs, 10%, should be cats. At 60%, driving, riding in a car, 10%, the dark, 10%. I do wonder, what are, what are you full of this time of year, the course of a year? When you come to the end of the year and you're, you're looking and evaluating the year, what are you full of? Is it fear? When we look at our world, our world is full of a lot of things. Our world is full of self. We live in a world dominated by self. We live in a world dominated by noise. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot, there's a thing called the World Wide Web. Have you heard of it? Instagram, social media, literally designed to grab and keep your attention and to bring you in. I mean, Instagram's fine. I think it's a vortex from hell, but it's, it's fine. It's fine, no. There, there's, there's so much stuff out there that just grabs your attention. And they're all good things, don't get me wrong. None of these things are wrong, but they are designed to get our attention. And so our worlds are pretty full. Our minds are pretty full. Our world is full of anxiety and worry. 
And ultimately, our world is full of darkness. And you don't have to look far to see that there is a lot of darkness in the world. There is a lot of darkness. And there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of injustices and there's a lot of selfishness and there's a lot of greed and lust and pride and abuse and all these things that are, are rife in our world. The world is full of darkness. And I mean, Sydney is an incredible place to live, right? Don't you love it? We love it. If you don't live here, you should move here. You'll love it. Come join our church. You'll love it. Uh, Sydney's a beautiful place, yet there are so many people that have so much darkness on the inside that are, that are stuck in all sorts of, of things that have a stronghold on their mind and heart. There's a lot of darkness. And in the face of a lot of darkness, we get to celebrate the arrival of Jesus, who is the light of the world. Like Simeon said, a revelation, the light to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. I love how Isaiah puts it. And like I said, he puts this 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus. He says in Isaiah 60 verse one, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Earlier in chapter nine, we see that says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. And we see in Isaiah a great parallel between sun, S-U-N, and sun, S-O-N. And the effects of the sun, S-U-N, naturally speaking, brings life, brings truth, brings beauty, life. There's no life on earth without the sun, right? There is no life in the darkness, but because of the S-U-N, there is life. And in the same way, because of the Son of God, there is life and only through Him, there is life. And without Him, there is no life. There is truth. The S-U-N brings truth. It illuminates, it helps you see. And you know, if you've ever been in the dark and you start seeing things that actually aren't there, have you ever done that? You ever been like that? You look around and you think there's a horrible monster. The, the child thinks there's a big monster in the closet. Turn the light on. Hey, obviously there's no monster. Light brings truth. And so is the Son of God, the source of truth. Not relative truth, not your truth. He is the truth, objective truth, the only truth, the only real truth there is. And the Son brings beauty. You know, like people, people in the world that don't live with a lot of sunlight, they get diagnosed with sad which means seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> it's a real thing. But when you live in the light, there's beauty, there's joy. It brings life and freedom. And, and the beautiful thing about Jesus is the light of the world didn't come as a, another star. He didn't come as, as, a, as just a nice fire in the bush. He didn't come as a torch. He, he came as a person. I like the way Philip Yancey says it. Jesus is God with skin on. 
And if you're trying to work out who God is, and if you've tried some other religions about working out who God is, and if you're searching and looking and using Wikipedia or whatever you got, AI, whatever it is, to find out who God is, you will only find out who God is when you see Jesus. Jesus is God with skin on. Jesus is the representation of who God is. So what did Jesus, the light of the world, come to earth full of? I wonder what are you full of, but I wanna, I wanna show you what God is full of. John 1, 1 to 18, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Darkness is a beautiful context for the light to shine. I remember talking to Pastor Phil one time and I said, Pastor Phil, you know, what do we do about all these things? There's darkness, there's a lot of trouble. What do we do about this? And Pastor Phil said, you know, when, when a room is dark, you just turn the light on. And the greatest thing we have in our, in our quiver, in, because of what God has done, we have the light switch that we can turn the light on. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Everybody, I want you to know there is not one person in here that is the light. We are all here to point to the light. I know I look like Catholic Jesus, but I am not the light. I am here to point you to the light. C3SYD is not the light. We are here to point you to the light. We are not trying to be the light. We're not trying to be famous. We're not trying to stand out. We're trying to point you to the One who is the King. And under His light, we stand. And under His light, we shine. We only have light because we are in and of His light. The true light, it says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father. Look what this is full of. Look what the light of God is full of. Full of, come on everyone say full of. Grace, say it. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. And I like what John, the writer of the Gospel here, he says that the true light, which would imply there are false lights, would imply there are, there are counterfeit lights. There are lights that appear to be light, but they are not actually the light. They're a derivative of light, but they are not the source of light. And just like if you buy a nice fake Rolex watch that is spelled R-O-L-E-C-K-S, <laughs> it's cheap, they can make it quickly and it'll break in the same amount of time it took them to make it. But if you get a real Rolex, R-O-L-E-X, it took a long time to make it. It's very expensive and it will last you a long, a long, long time. It'll last you a lifetime. 
And the light of God, the light, came at a great price. Jesus didn't avoid death, he went through it. Christianity is not escapism. We aren't here trying to avoid the world. We aren't here trying to run away from problems. We're actually here with God in us so we can walk through them. And so if you think that you're gonna be a Christian and live this nice, beautiful life with no trouble, sorry, 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 there will be trouble. But have faith because God has overcome trouble. He went through trouble. He went through the greatest trouble. There's no trouble that He can't go through and that you can't travel with Him. Lights, types of lights, light, Lights that are not the light aren't all bad. They're often good things, but they're, they're looking like God and they're not. And so many of us will find ourselves chasing lights, chasing things that bring a sense of life, but ultimately they don't last. And they, they present with promise, but they will leave you disappointed. And we are trying to show you our heart as you would see, there is only one true light. There is only one true light. And His name is Jesus. We are not suggesting there are many lights or paths that lead to God. Please hear us. We are not saying choose one of these options to get to God. All all roads lead to God. Just like all roads don't lead to my house. If I invite you over after this lovely service for dinner, which I am not, but if I did, And you asked me, how do I get there? And I said, oh, easy. All roads lead to my house. Take any road, all the roads, they'll get you there. You would say that is ridiculous because the way to God is distinct and it is exclusive. It is for whosoever believes. It is universal in that it is for everybody, but it is a narrow road. And there is one true light. You can't reject Jesus and have God. If we reject Jesus, we are rejecting God because God is, Jesus is the Son of God, one of the Trinity. He is God. He's not just some nice prophet. He is the true light. And this true light is full of grace and truth. 100% grace and 100% truth. He is not a watered down version of either. Jesus didn't come trying to balance the tension of the two. He came fully grace, but at the same time, fully truth. This is God. This is God. When He came to earth, when, when light gets on your life, that light is full of grace and truth. When when you encounter Jesus, you are encountering both grace and truth in fullness. And that is what brings freedom. I like what Tim Keller said. He said this, love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. God's saving love in Christ, however, is marked by both radical truthfulness about who we are and yet also radical unconditional commitment to us. 
The merciful commitment strengthens us to see the truth about ourselves and repent. The conviction and repentance moves us to cling to and rest in God's mercy and grace. The light of God is full of grace and and the light of God is warm. It's not cold. If you've experienced an understanding or an expression of God that is cold, it's not God. God is warm. The light of God is therapeutic. It brings healing. The light of Jesus is connective. It is not rejection and truth. Most of us think to speak the truth, there must be rejection on the other side of it. But Jesus came speaking truth with grace so that we can be connected and set free at the same time. The light of Jesus is full of truth, truth that helps us see. Truth that disconnects us from evil. Truth that illuminates our reality and need for God. Truth that we are broken and we have fallen short. Truth that reveals lies that we have become aligned to. We need both grace and truth. You need forgiveness and you need freedom. And the way you get both is through the love of God that brings us to a place where what is out of order, what is out of alignment, what is wrong in us, and we all have fallen short. Everybody? We have all fallen short. And even the Christians have fallen short. You know, like I heard this thing one time, uh, people, you know, saying like, oh yeah, the church, full of, full of hypocrites. You know, they say this and then they, they live another way and pff, the church. You ever heard that? I have. And um, I like this. I heard this guy one time say, you know, I, was, I went to the gym. I looked around and I thought, bunch of hypocrites. Here I am at the gym, a place of fitness and discipline and exercise. And look at all these people, undisciplined, out of shape, sweating their brown. They just walked in. What's wrong with this place? Full of hypocrites. And what, what this guy said, he said, you know what, what people don't realise is that this is this, this place called the gym, uh, which, which could be paralleled to the church, is, is not a place where you come perfectly fit. It's actually a place of transformation. And that's what the church is. The church is a place of transformation. So yeah, we're all a bit messy. Yeah, yeah, get used to it. Stop complaining about it. You are too. Church would be perfect if you weren't here, but you are. And I am too. And we all have mess. But God came anyway because He loved us so much that whosoever believes in Him shall be saved. This is grace and truth. Band, you can join me as I close. I wanna, I wanna show you this story, which is a, a great picture of grace and truth. Have you heard of the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery? And this is a really hard moment. There's this woman in John 8, 1 to 11. And we read of the, the, the religious people of the day. They came to Jesus, they teach it. They said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap Jesus to trick him so they could use something against him. 
It says though that Jesus stooped down, didn't, didn't respond. He stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger something amazing because he's Jesus. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, <laughs> but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Grace met this woman and Grace did not condemn her. The only person who could throw a stone was Jesus. The only one who actually could because He was without sin. He actually didn't. Nobody else had the right but Jesus. And Jesus in that moment, He didn't throw a stone. He said, where are your accusers? They had all left till only Jesus. And I wanna say to someone here today who maybe is feeling condemned, maybe feeling guilty, maybe feeling a whole bunch of shame about your life, maybe shame about this year, maybe shame about a few decisions a moment ago today, whatever it is, maybe there are things in your life and I want you to know that where are your accusers? They are not in the Kingdom of Heaven. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the grace of God is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. It's scandalous. It just is insane. The grace of God doesn't make sense. And that's right, because it's not about you and it's not about what you have done. It is about what God has done. And it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And so anytime you front up before God, anytime you, you reach out to God, if you are hearing a voice of condemnation, that is not the voice of God. If you cry out to God, God is a voice of mercy and kindness. And He will meet you at that point. Even if you're in your deepest, darkest moment, He will meet you there. He meets us with grace. He brings us close with grace. And then He sends us in truth so that we can go and live the life God has called us to live. He says to this woman, go and sin no more. And I believe here today, God wants to encounter your life so that you can receive the grace of God and be empowered by the truth of God that will set you free. Everybody, can you close your eyes? Jesus didn't come to tweak us. He didn't come to tweak our current nature. He came to give us a new nature and a new beginning. Here today, everybody just still.
Jesus is not a self-help program, self-improvement program. Jesus died so that you could have His life in you and a brand new beginning. And so here on Christmas Eve, if you need to give your life to Christ, if you need a new beginning, if there, if there is darkness in you, if you are full of all sorts of things that are tormenting you, bullying you, that have got you stuck, tonight, right now, is your moment to let the light in. Receive the light of the world who approaches with grace and truth, with kindness that leads to life change. So here today, if that's you, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to raise your hand to receive Jesus. All I'm gonna do, we're not gonna take you anywhere, we're gonna lead you in a prayer right here. And I believe there are people here in this room and online who need to say yes to God this Christmas season. Don't go through another end of year the same. It's time, like Bo, it's time to receive Jesus. Whatever situation you're in, even if you're here and everything's fine, but you know there's an empty void in your heart, come to Jesus. If that's you, count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Who is there tonight saying, that's me? Saying yes to Jesus. Thank you. What a legend. Anybody else who's saying, that's me? That's me. Thanks, guys. Well done. Beautiful. Beautiful. Children saying yes to Jesus. Anybody else who's saying, that's me? I need to receive Christ tonight. I need to say yes to God. We just wait for you. Maybe you're on a journey. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand? Beautiful. Anybody else who's saying, that's me? Anybody else? Anybody else? Well done, guys. Beautiful. Yeah, down here. Beautiful. Anybody else? Five seconds. Hey, thank you. I see that hand. Well done. Anybody else? Thanks. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't put this off. Any dad here today? You've been trying to do everything on your own. Let God in. Let God in. Open your life to Jesus. seconds. I feel like there is one or two more people. Just a couple of seconds. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I know we're waiting. I know probably you're wishing that I would just shut up and move on so we can go, but I'm a little bit stubborn and I just really want to make sure that there's not one person here tonight that doesn't go and have Christmas without Jesus living in you. Don't go and have Christmas without Jesus. Have Christmas this year with Him. With Him. Not knowing about Him, but knowing Him.
as your personal Lord and Saviour. Anybody else, anybody else? Okay, this is it. Promise. Five seconds. Countdown. Here it is. Thanks, man. You're my guy. Love you, brother. It's just for you to say yes. Woo! Five seconds for anybody else. Thank you. There it is. You got me on the on that last count. <laughs> Two beautiful people just said yes to Jesus. And I feel like God is letting me move on. But if there's anybody else, you just go now. Five seconds, five, four, three, two, one. Beautiful, all these children, my friends. Everybody, say this prayer with me. Everybody, 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 say this prayer. Every single one of us. If you raise your hand, can you just put it up one more time? Eyes closed, nobody looking around, just one more time, just so we can see. Yeah, yeah, just make that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Everybody, close your eyes, close your eyes. And this is not like some, you know, special seance thing. This is about your heart right now. It's about your heart. So say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank You for saving me. I turn from sin, turn from my own way, and I turn to You. Thank You for forgiveness. Thank You for light. Thank You for freedom. Thank You for eternal life and a new beginning. Thank You for saving me on Your birthday. (laughs) In Jesus' Name, they all said, come on everybody, I want you to, a mighty shout for every person that just gave their life to Jesus. Come on, church. And you can stand up, you can stand up. Why don't you reach out to God? We're done. Hey, if you said yes to Jesus, our team just wanna give you a Bible, help you take your next steps to following Christ. But everybody, close your eyes, close your eyes. Let me just pray over you as we go. Father, thank You for every person here. Thank You for this Christmas in 2023. Lord, let Your light shine. Father, let light shine. Let us encounter the reality of grace and truth in Jesus' Name. They all said, Amen. Love you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the C3 SYD podcast. To make sure you don't miss out on our next podcast, click subscribe. If you want to find out more about following Jesus, get connected or find a C3 SYD location near you, head to c3syd.church forward slash connect with us. Don't forget, you can find us on YouTube and Instagram at c3.syd. We look forward to having you back soon.